Ren, if if 14-year-old Ren could see you now, he would kick you in the nerves. And as I recall, it was about every week or two that we pulled the engine out and totally rebuilt it in desperate attempts to make it go again. Hello, and welcome back to the Auto Week podcast, a place where you're getting all of your fun car news, car reviews, car drives, and basically everything else related to the whole car world. Uh, also, top of the show, don't forget to head to Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever they're calling it this week and drop the beloved five stars onto us to keep me employed. Please, I beg you. But before that, we're jumping straight into that. What's on AutoWeek.com? at the top of the show mostly what's hitting auto week breaks down and that means the great natalie neff natalie what's breaking down this week hello this week auto week, auto week breaks down road trips because in any other year we would be getting close to when people would be thinking about taking vacations imagine that um, vacations uh out to get away Right. So while uh, you may not be able to book a flight somewhere or get a hotel room or, you know, maybe not even a campsite, you can at least get in your car and drive because that's appropriately socially distant from other people. Um, So we have a collection of stories about various types of road trips. Um, A cool one that I uh, found particularly interesting was the one um, with the king. Richard Petty himself driving from Daytona to Dover in two days for races for the first race at uh, Dover Downs in 1969. That was a fun story. But more than the stories that you can check out on autoweek.com about various and sundry road trips, I want to hear about our readers' road trips because everybody's got a road trip story. Natalie, how can we hear about these things? <laughs> um. I would love it if people headed over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash AutoWeekUSA, and shared with us either their most glorious road trips or their most nightmarish, anything, anything goes. I want to hear them. I love it. But speaking of road trips, uh, back when we worked in an office, pre-corona, you talked about your uh, family's extreme road trips the which boggle my mind in terms of like just miles covered uh you've you've done a lot of them what what, what's your favorite i don't know how mind-boggling they are i mean you know we've a functioning family we've crossed the country a few times but um yeah i guess the the epic one from my childhood was uh when dad loaded us all in the 79 econoline and did the circuit of the country which i think is a requirement for any appropriate childhood, except for Wesley the, Renz. Truly, you could call it the original circuit of America. One, one could call it that. We did the whole, you know, requisite stop at at all the national parks and camped at the Grand Canyon and Yellowstone and all that good stuff. Um, saw the star of Close Encounters of the Third Kind in in person, oh. up close in person. That would be Devil's Tower. Um, I mean, you might think it's, you know. Little Dicky, but uh, to us as children, Devil's Tower was the the star. And so when we got to see it in real life, up close and personal, it was it was uh, pretty momentous. I thought the star with Close Encounters was the mashed potatoes. That was one person's opinion. That would be um, the Devil's Tower Junior. There we go. The uh, the the DIY Devil's Tower. That's right. 
No, I think, you know, I think that um, road trips to get out and see, you know, at least your little corner of the country is requisite for a, for a healthy childhood. Um, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, road trips do create lifelong family uh, memories and whatnot. <sighs> One day I'll take a road trip. But until then, Mr. Raynal, what yes, the sir. heck's going on with the news? I heard something about uh, Elon Musk. Elon is never uh, shy. And I don't normally agree with Elon or I don't often agree with Elon, but Elon, Leon, Elon. But I do this time. It's a very strange situation he's been put in uh, by the California government, uh, specifically his county. The, the governor of California has opened up auto has opened starting to open up the state, including auto plants. But the county in which Elon has his plant, Alameda County, uh, says, no, we're not opening plants. So he is suing this, the county. And uh, as of this morning, or sorry, as of last night, said he was going to open today, regardless of what the county said. So when it gets to be around 9 o'clock there in 45 minutes or so, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, you know, he, he's playing it all out on Twitter, of course. This is where we all get our news from Elon. Uh, that's, how, that's really the only way we know what's happening is we read his tweets. So well, I'm sure we'll be watching closely, That's the news, uh, huh? how that plays out. Yeah, um, it's going to be crazy. I, I, like I said, I kind of agree with him. It is a weird situation to have the state tell you one thing and the county tell you another thing. Well, I don't know how weird that is. Local, local policies directly affect the, uh, the populace in which they live. But that's I, just one boy's opinion. I suppose. Uh, he also tweeted that if, you know, if the police want to come, that he's going to be in the plant building vehicles himself and that if the police want to come and arrest people, they need to start with him. Uh, and then he said he's probably going to move the operation out of California, which, of course, would take a couple of years. Yeah, uh, and that would be an expensive endeavor. That would be an expensive, long endeavor. So I'm, I think coolers, cooler heads will prevail eventually. Uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, and uh, they'll start building cars this week. He, he, his, the, the, the issue, is, well, I mean, among, among the issues is he's got a new model called the Model Y, which he really wants to get cranked up. It was going to be, it was going to be built uh, till COVID hit. It was going to be introduced till COVID hit. So he well, needs models to get were that hitting baby. That. Yeah, models he, were already hitting owners. A few, yeah, not nearly the volume that they had hoped because he thinks it's no. going to be their bestseller. Yeah, so, and it probably will. We'll see how and it all plays out. If you want to get seen, if you want to see one get torn apart, you can do that on uh, AutoWeek.com. You have to Google it. I forget the headline that I wrote. I think it's "Look Inside a Tesla Model Y," but uh, you can see one disassembled. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I have mixed. Uh, that's a whole other podcast my relationship with Tesla, but, uh, it'll be, we, we need to keep an eye on this whole factory situation for sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and we will, uh, I'll be watching closely to Twitter the next 45 minutes. Uh, cause that's where I get all of my news. Speaking well, of news, wait, my, my fax machine. So I have a fax machine. It's incredibly quiet. My fax machine spitting something out right now. I'm like, let me grab the, the papers. Oh, 
Sebastian Vettel to leave Ferrari in 2021 after the 2020 season? Oh, that can't be true. It is. It is true. What the heck? It says it right there. It's true. Oh, man. Well, I guess we're going to have to check in on this on a later date. Uh, But I think you can read about all of that and more on AutoWeek.com. I think that about wraps up the news and breaks down section for today. Uh, Stay tuned for Mark Vaughn driving an Aston Martin. And we are back with the drives. And that means one thing and one thing. Actually, two things. Three things. One of which, the great Mark Vaughn's joining us. Mark, how are you doing today? Hi, glad to be here. Thanks for employing me continuously for 30 Oh, months. no problem. I'm technically your boss. Yeah, you are. Everybody is. Oh, that's not true. I'm just kidding. Everybody's my boss. Thanks for and my boss. road test editor, Jake freaking Lingaman. Good evening. We're here to talk about some fun stuff. Uh, fun, some fun stuff you've been asking about, wanting to know about. A little piece of Brit kit, I think we're allowed to say. An Aston Martin Vantage. Jake. Tell us about this Vantage real fast. What is uh, it? Yeah, we're looking at a uh, 2020 model year Aston Martin Vantage with a base price of $156,081. Um, it's got the 4-liter twin-turbo V8 with an 8-speed automatic and rear-wheel drive, and 503 horsepower, and 505 pound-feet of torque. Now, Jake, you and I are both in Michigan, so it'd be kind of a waste to drive this car to the local ice creamery. So Mark Vaughn got behind the wheel in the fabulous Los Angeles. Mark... How was it to drive? How was the car? Uh, it was, uh, you know, at the top, we might as well just say, yes, it's, it's very good. It's a GT, you know, a Gran Turismo car. It's not a sports car, so you can't compare it. You can't say, oh, my Ferrari is better. But uh, you can say a GT car, which is a really nice, comfortable car. So it's like a sports car that's stretched and more comfortable, uh, basically. So right off the top, yes, it's a good car. Uh, the car as tested while the base price is uh, uh, 156, as uh, Jake said. The one that I had was 185, 916. So that's a lot of money. Uh, I got a bunch of uh, crazy things. I, the paint that I got, the flame orange paint, was over six thousand dollars. And you know <laughs> these things add up. And so the price, real, the sticker price of mine was 185. Is it worth market. it? What? Real fast. I, let's be very clear. The Vantage comes in some insane colors. Uh, yeah. We had one. There was like highlighter green or yellow. I don't know which one is which at Woodward a couple years back. And you had this flame orange one. These are fantastic colors for an expensive Grand Tourer. Well, the green, the green that you're talking about is, uh, I mean, that'll, that'll blot out the, you know, it'll blind you as it goes by. This is actually a, a fairly subdued. It's a nice orange. It's not, it's not crazy. And I, I don't know who buys those things, but somebody must because by golly, they sell a lot of them. But so the thing about this car that I think is really interesting, and it's uh, to understand it, you really want to uh, know this. When I, I grew up with a lot of uh, MGs in the family, and they were notoriously unreliable. They had, you know, England England made these engines, and they would always leak oil, and they would not start often. And as I recall, it was about every week or two that we pulled the engine out and totally rebuilt it in desperate attempts to make it go again. Uh, and you and you did so with a stiff upper lip. Aye, indeed. Uh, all we and, had was hand. All we had was hand tools and a hoop and stick. You had hand tools. Oh, that's right. You grew up in the rich part of town. We we had to, we used only our lips. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> they were so stiff. <clears throat> what they did. Here's the background, really quickly. 
2013, they had an agreement with AMG. And if you're going to make an agreement with a company, AMG is a pretty good company to make it with. And uh, so the agreement was that uh, AMG would send engines over to England in exchange for 5% of Aston Martin. And I argue in my uh, extremely well-written review that uh, that is probably the greatest uh, Anglo-Saxon cooperation since the uh, Norman conquest, I think. Oh, that, that wasn't a conquest. That was a conquest is not really a conquest. It's only, anyway. only one person was agreeing in that time. <laughs> so I would say that um, it's great. So you get this uh, AMG engine. Uh, you get a ZF eight-speed, uh, in my case, an automatic. You can also get a manual transmission, which is very rare. Uh, we were trying to figure out before this how that is financially profitable for a company that sells so few cars. I think Aston sells 2,000 cars in the United States. How is it profitable for them to federalize a separate drivetrain for the uh, 15 people who are going to buy it? But that's uh, be above our pay grade. So you can get a manual transmission in this. All the web commenters who are saying, "I, you know, my Corvette's got a manual." Well, now your Aston Martin can have a manual too. So the other thing is the the Vantage is very similar in a lot of ways to the DB11. So the DB11 is longer and even more luxurious than this car and what this what the vantage is if you really wanted to oversimplify it it's like they shortened the uh, uh db11 down into this and made it sort of a short wheelbase 40 car so the vantage is uh, <clears throat> more of the sports car uh esque version of the db11 if you want to wildly oversimplify it but it has this really cool four liter twin turbo v8 uh, from AMG and it, the thing makes 503 horsepower. Now my learned colleague Jake Lingaman just uh, last week I believe uh, argued that 500 horsepower is the perfect amount of horsepower and this one is 503 so that just about covers it. I, I stand by that 100 percent um, and yeah we, we love this engine but a, uh, Aston got to do their own tuning of it right and the sound tuning and stuff like that. So well, it they doesn't... got to do some tuning. I It's my own personal belief that they overstated the amount that they got to do to the engine. They did some things like uh, the motor mounts and the uh, the tuning for sound of intake and exhaust. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I was going during the week that I've had it. I still have it. It's sitting out in the driveway out there right now. And at least it was when I came in to do the podcast, if I had been stolen. But um, uh, it, the thing is, I, I, I'm going back and forth between whether it feels like a typical AMG, which to me means that the the, the throttle response, the, the brake response, everything is really just over boosted on, on an AMG product. And I'm trying to, I'm debating in my uh, walnut sized brain whether uh, Aston was able to detune that to make it a little more comfortable. Uh, and I go back and forth on that. It, at low speeds, just you know, trying to go stop and go traffic around suburbia, you get on the, the brakes are way too touchy and the throttle is way too touchy. Uh, so I don't know. I, I mean, we've all driven AMGs around racetracks and even there, the touchy throttle, I think gets in the way because you want, you really have to just barely at the tip in, as they say, just barely ease onto it. And it takes a lot of skill to, to do that smoothly. So uh, if there is a disadvantage to this, I would say that the uh, sort of, uh, it's not really jumpiness, but uh, uh, the overboosted reaction of the of the controls is probably if there is a drawback. And maybe, like I say, I keep going back and forth between thinking there is, there might be and there might not be. But I I took this car a couple of times all the way 
uh, up and back on Angeles Crest Highway, which is my local, you know, place to try out these fun, cool cars. And it did really well. I played around with the adjustments on the steering wheel. I two buttons. You can adjust uh, the right side. Gives you a really loud, burbly exhaust and shifts, uh, changes the shift points, uh, maybe, or the shift shock or the shift quickness. And then the other side changes the, um, the shock absorbers. So what I noticed uh, was that my favorite setting was just the softest of all of those. Now, uh, the pavement up there, it's, it's a little bumpy here and there, but it's not bad at all. It's not like, you know, Detroit streets or something. But it's uh, even so, I felt that the car performed better, handled better, the softest settings. And that's often the case uh, with cars. You don't want, if, if, it's, if it's set too hard to, uh, not that the ride is, is harsh, though that's part of it, but you want to keep the tires, the maximum tire patch down the whole time as you're going through a corner with a bump. And so a softer suspension can allow that tire to stay on the ground longer. So yeah, you don't want, you don't want I, your drive I, wheels going airborne. That's correct. You do not want that. You don't want to go flying uh, backwards into the guardrail or um, even better off and down a cliff. So uh, this one was really fun to push hard. That uh, I think that says a lot about a car is when you really start to push it hard, how does it react? How does it feel? Is it still fun? And I think the harder you push this one, the more fun it is. So uh, all in all, I'm, I am I was very happy with the car. Uh, there's a lot to be said for having a GT over a sports car. If you have a garage full of cars and you can have, you know, your sports car, your GT, your minivan, your pickup truck, all that, then yeah, do that. But if you're kind of thinking one car that's fun to drive and looks cool, you might consider a GT over a uh, pure sports car if you have to drive it a lot. Um, so that's my rundown, but Jake, you also drove this car, uh, last year, was it? Yeah, I drove it last year for the Woodward Dream Cruise. Uh, hopefully not the last Woodward Dream Cruise for two years. Um, it was the highlighter greenish yellow one. And the most common thing I heard was, what the hell is that? Like no one even, it was so new. I think it just came out last year, maybe 2018, but I think like a year ago with the new body style. And it looks amazing, even in that green, which I did not love, but the, the orange one that you had was very nice. Uh, but my two thoughts, A, eight-speed ZF transmission. If you're going automatic, that's the one to get. If they put it in everything, it's the best. Mercedes uses it. Porsche uses it. Dodge uses it. All the big players use it. Um, and it's it's good and quick without being harsh. Uh, second, the uh, adjustability from both sides, like you the suspensions, one adjustment and the, uh, you know, torque curve or shift uh, harshness is another. So if you want, you can go full soft suspension, full power or full hard suspension, soft power. I don't know why you do that, but in Detroit, like, especially with uh, something like the Challenger, I want all 709 horsepower, but put it in the softest setting possible because the, the roads around here. So those are two uh, important points that I love. Although I would love to try a manual on one of these things. Um, that seems like it would be a lot of fun. And I agree with you that I don't know who made the business case for it, but I'm glad that they did. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that uh, manufacturers are offering that and who cares if they're losing money, right? As long as we get the option in our fresh fleet vehicles, which is really what they should be thinking. <laughs> That's right. And the most important thing. Jake, a little, uh, little update. The Hellcat now has 717 horsepower up from the 707. Uh, yeah, that's right. And you can even go 797 if you're feeling frisky. Yeah, just pointing out, you said 709. Just, uh, just Oh, oh sorry, right. 707, right. 707, 707, now it's 717. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Good call. Just, just making sure everything's... 717. Okay. 
What a world, uh, Mark. What a world. What a world. Mark, this is the hard-hitting question, the question that everybody's looking forward to. You're an Aston Martin of Malibu. You've got quarter million dollars cash. Don't know why. I don't ask questions. You see a DB11. You see the Vantage. Which one are you going for? Uh, well, you got to consider that I'm about 4,000 years old, and uh, I, I would probably go with the DB11 because it's a little bit more comfortable. Um, and I don't seem to remember quite as jumpy a throttle and quite as touchy a brake pedal in the DB11 as I do in the Vantage. Uh, the, the Vantage is a little bit closer to an AMG in that regard. But, you know, people love AMGs. They're buying them up. They're buying the Landwagen AMGs. So I've got six of them myself. <laughs> well, I'm thinking, I mean, I guess the AMG GT by definition is a grand tour, but it really feels more like a sports car to me, especially more than the Aston Martin. Yeah. The, and, and it's probably, well, you can't say that it's very similar because the bodies would have to be completely different because the Aston Martin, you know, as, as we said, is a sort of a stretched, the, the DB11 is a stretched version of the Vantage. And um, so uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Comparing the two, I think that the, the Aston Martin is certainly the more beautiful car, uh, sensuous designs, flowing lines uh, in, in the Aston Martin. Whereas the, the, the AMG GT is just like, we have built this car and this is how it will be. And that will get you get in it and you drive it. And there's no questions about beauty. Beauty does not enter into it. It is engineering and that is all that matters. Uh, I agree to disagree, Mark, on the GT. I think it's a gorgeous, gorgeous car. It is uh, a... Okay. You're off the list. You're off the list, right? Oh. <laughs> you're off the list. It, it is a fabulous... They're both fabulous pieces of engineering. Uh, one thing, I will defend uh, touchy brakes because, yes, in everyday driving, touchy brakes are not a good thing. But when you're doing 100 and you push your brake pedal in one inch and you've lost most of your speed, like that's a nice, confident feeling to have. Uh, linearity, Lingaman. That's what I want. I want linearity in all things. Oh, I, I don't want a I big. Agree. I agree with Mark. I don't want a big old. You're back nine, on the list. A big old nine-inch stroke on the on the brake pedal where it feels like I'm squeezing, squeezing, squeezing all the way down to the floor. I want to like have a foot more to push between my foot and the floor when the car's okay, completely yeah, stopped. Okay, in a race car, uh, brakes are are not they're not a touchy like that. In a race car, you have to push all the way through the floor to get the maximum pedal. You want linearity in a race car. Why not have it in a production car that is also fast and fun? I think what Jake wants, and uh, don't let me speak for you, is you want a, uh, a toggle switch where it just like breaks on. Yes. Breaks yep. off. That's what I want. Yes. Well, it, you only it goes from zero or a hundred and that's it. That's all, that's all you get. <laughs> to nothing. Yes. I mean, hey, if it's what you want, it's what you want. That's, that's, all, that's all you can do. Uh, but thank you, Mark, for that Aston. Now, Jake, rumor has it you drove a car to, or we can't call it a car because it's not a car, and someone's going to yell at us because it's not a car. You drove a crossover. It was a coupe. It was a Porsche you drove coupe. A, so nine eleven. It was a Porsche coupe, which means you know it's going to be good and it's going to be see, low see. and wide and good. So was it a Cayman or was it a nine eleven? Oh wait a minute, no, sorry. They call this thing a coupe. They call this thing a coupe, but no, it it is the Cayenne coupe, which we joke about oh, a, a lot. That's a spicy pepper of a coupe. Yes. It's a it's a four door SUV um, that they call a coupe because it has a uh, sloping uh, a sloping rear roof line, but not as much as the rest of these things. And the first thing I'm going to say is this: the only ones that I think look good. I hate the X4 and the XX. I hate the GLE coupe, the GLC coupe. Um, I hate uh, anything that you know, is a crossover that has like a jelly bean shape. Yes. You know what I hate? Skipping what? over that spec box, baby. Hold on, I'll get to it. This is more important. The 
This is the Q8, the Audi Q8, this Cayenne Coupe. And don't talk I don't, about a Q8. I, I don't love the way the Urus looks, but the shape of it is right. So I love the shape of the Cayenne Coupe, the Q8, and the Urus. Okay, good. The Q8 is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's because I think the roof is still flat. They cut the roof. Um, they fast back the roof, you know, early. Um, but it's flat up until the part where they where they fast back it. So I want to just interject that I think any manufacturer who calls a four door anything a coupe or not a coupe should be just barred from the country. That's all. Okay, go back to what you're saying. Uh, agreed. And I and I also mentioned with all that stuff that I just said, I mentioned the the A series Grand Coupe. I also talk smack about because it has four doors. But uh, as for specs, uh, the good the the super fast one uses a four liter twin turbo v8 not the amg uh, making 541 and 567 pound feet but this one has the three liter single turbo v6 making 335 and 332 uh sprint time is 5.7 seconds and the base price is uh 75,000 or about 8,000 more than the regular cayenne at the same Am I crazy to think that that's like maybe on paper a reasonable a reasonable amount of money for a porsche Ren, if if fourteen year old Ren could see you now, he would kick you in the nards. Um, but yes, yes, it does seem reasonable for some reason. Fourteen year old Ren, you're not, aren't you? Fourteen? I'm si- I'm sixteen. He's sixteen. He just has a license. Got his driver's license. Yeah. Well, I'll get it in six months. But yeah. <clears throat> now, but so, I drove um, I drove a Cayenne and a Macan uh, last year back to back, and I wound up liking the Macan quite a lot more. Yeah, well, we talked to Mr. Raynal on one of these, and he was talking about the Macan, and I think I was talking about the regular Cayenne, and I said the Cayenne feels more sporty, you know, than any other SUV. And he said, oh, the Macan feels really sporty. And I said, yeah, if you drove the Macan and the Cayenne back-to-back, the Macan is definitely going to feel sporty. If you drove the Cayenne with its competitors, I feel like the Cayenne would feel very, very sporty, and especially this coupe, which is feels like a step sportier, a small step sportier than the regular Cayenne in, in every direction. Good touchy brakes. No, good brakes with a very little amount of travel, which I like. Um, you like a ha- short throw on the pedal. A short throw on the pedal, yeah. Hefty steering. Like linear, I, I do want linearity, Mark. I'm half joking. But a short throw on the pedal is what I, was what I really like. And and this has it. This has, oh, okay. Okay, fair enough. We can agree to disagree. We're, we're just men. Um, See, Mark, Mark grew up in an era when he had the brake lever outside the car. <laughs> right, and yeah. And had a two-foot throw. We and, didn't have brakes. You rich okay. kids had the brakes. The rich kids had the brakes, yeah. Well, I the thought, rich kids had the, the, the co-driver that operated the brakes. No, no, we Mark. had to throw it into a skid sideways. Throw the whole car sideways to make it stop every single time. And then the wooden wheels, the wooden wheels would uh, eventually flat spot and you'd just wooden, eventually... We had stone. Your rich I was kids say, the yeah, Mark would just put his heels in the ground like the like Fred Flintstone and slow the car down. Wait, Mark, are you just talking about running? Did you? Just <laughs> run? I was <laughs> a neighbor of mine when I was a kid. But also the the skidding to a stop at every turn kind of cracks me up like a like a hockey stop. Like every time you stop, you have to slide exactly. it ninety degrees. Yes, exactly. yeah, yeah. it's hard on the body work. It's hard on the body work. <laughs> it's hard on hard on everything. Um, Jake, we're running short on time. Uh, real fast. The the big part of the coupe cayenne right is the fact that it's a coupe not so much that it's a cayenne did you get a chance to crack open that rear hatch and see how much stuff you get smushed back there uh i did not smush any stuff back there but i can tell you that it's down um which i thought would be an important uh an important um thing for people to know 
It's down uh, like seven cubic feet. Hold on, I wrote it somewhere. Where the hell is it? Uh, uh, oh, five, only five cubic feet. So not as much as you would expect, I would say. That's like what? Seven and a half, ten and a half suitcases? Uh, I, think, well, I think one suitcase is probably three and a half, four cubic feet. So, Ooh, maybe. that's a suitcase you got to leave at the airport then. I mean, I'm thinking of my travel suitcase. It's got to be three to four cubic feet, I would bet. Well, Yours? No. But real fast, Jake, <laughs> you're wondering in a, a Porsche dealer. You've got yep. 80 grand cash money, cold heart, which doesn't seem crazy considering I've seen it in your finances. Um, why would you pick me as an accountant? I don't know. I can't do taxes. So good luck getting audited. But uh, you got 80 grand cold hard cash. So that yeah. won't even get me a base 911. Exactly. So, then, at- so I'm definitely going to Cayman then. Cayman for sure. You're a Cayman over a Macan? Yes. Oh, yeah. A, a, a Cayenne over. You're not. We're, and we're not talking the cars, obviously, Jake. We're looking at a crossover. We're looking for your family to get get you to to and from work. You told me if I had eighty grand walking to a Porsche dealership, what would I get? I told you a Cayman. And there's. But a, now you're saying there's a sports, uh, there's a sports car shortage, Jake. So that, that's a good a Cayenne. You're looking at a. That's a good question. Um, I mean, I guess with a family of four kids, a family of four, I need the extra space, so I'm getting a Cayenne. Either the coupe or the regular one. You um, get the coupe. Well, it's only down five cubic feet, and most of that, and like the, like I said, the the roof doesn't slope. You until heard back. it here first, folks. It, Jake, no coupe Lingaman would get the coupe. It does. Uh, remember, I I qualified at the very beginning. Say the only ones that I like are the Q8, the Cayenne coupe, and the Urus's shape. I don't think you it's actually that pretty. Otherwise, here first, folks. I'm using that drop every single time that you talk about coupe crossovers. Uh, but Ren, you gave me, you said, here's an opportunity to buy three cars you hate. Which one would you buy? What, yeah, would no, you buy? we don't hate here's any Porsche. He, he generates into partisan bickering. <laughs> All right. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, you listening, if you want to tell us which one you'd buy, shoot, shoot me a note, drop a line on, uh, <laughs> Drop a line on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram because I think this is going on all three these days with little teasers. Um, more importantly, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you for telling a friend. Thank you for doing everything that you do for us. Remember to please go to iTunes, drop a five star, and most importantly, see you next week.